0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi B. Lamberts, and welcome in to another episode. I will be talking about Traveling Feet, uh, which is a children's book series that is created by Miss Ayanna Francis, who will be joining us on the show to talk about how we can continue to remind children about their culture, but also exploring the other parts of the world, and specifically the diaspora and the Caribbean we get into all of that you know let's let's go through our formalities if this is your first time listening to my blackest transnational you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast you can find this podcast there as well please be sure to subscribe rate and review the podcast you can also check out our website which is a one-stop shop for everything so if you don't want to listen to it on these podcast platforms you can definitely listen to it on our website at www.blacktransnational.com All right. And you can follow us on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast. And you can follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. Um, Just to kind of explain again, for those who may have been expecting podcasts on a weekly basis, we're kind of on spring break, had a lot of other things going on. So I do apologize for getting this podcast a little bit more on a delay um, based on my typical schedule but this is still a very good conversation. And again, like I said, Miss Ayanna Francis is um, a self-publishing author, uh, and, and, and she created a book series during the pandemic time called the Traveling Feet Book Series, which is a children's book that's dedicated to informing and educating kids that look like us, that are from or represent, or even wanna just know more about the Caribbean and African diaspora Culture. Um, It talks about the book has different versions um, and talks about different parts of the Caribbean countries and talks about just important cultural aspects um, of the Caribbean in particular. She's from Trinidad, so she definitely has a lot of the inspiration from her Trinidadian culture. But she has a couple, um, a couple books in which she talks about which I'm a consumer of and I hope that you all are too. Uh, she talks about her journey from Trinidad to Canada and why and what she hopes her book can do for more children um, and how it, it can help them gr- be grounded in their culture. Uh, so we have a really interesting, very fun conversation and I hope that you all enjoyed as much as I did. And I'm very and I really continue to hope that you all support Miss Francis um, in her endeavors to be able to continue to ground us uh, in various parts of African and Black culture all over the world, and inspiring our children to know that they are global citizens and transnationals in their own right, which I think is very inspiring. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Miss Ayanna Francis, author and creator of the Traveling Feet book series. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to Season 4 of My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Transnational. You can find this podcast on anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Enjoy the show.
0: One, welcome to yet another episode of my Black is Transnational, and today I have on a special guest, a guest in whom their content I was very interested in. I, I saw the book online and um, actually have this book uh, for our, you know, our babies. And it was, you know, when we talk about authors that speak to our children, I really wanted to have on this special guest. I have on Miss Ayanna Francis, the author of the Traveling Feet. Um, book series and uh, it's such a pleasure to have you on Miss Francis. Uh, How are you today And, uh, and welcome to the show.
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I am in Toronto, Canada. It's a little gloomy today, but uh, with this interview, it's going to bring a little bit more joy. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. And your energy is definitely going to bring a little bit more joy to this conversation. And I think our audience will really appreciate the energy you're going to bring. So first and foremost, just wanted you to take a moment to quickly introduce yourself for those who may not know you or may not have not heard of you and your book uh i just want you to introduce yourself briefly and, and you know what your name of course but where you're from what, like what, what culture you represent and, and um in the whole nine
1: okay so um my name is Ayana francis i am the creator of traveling feet books uh it's a children's book company and we We try to, we being me, myself, that I do everything, me, myself, and I. Um, We try to create diverse books for children Mm -hmm. uh, to see themselves in. I am from, uh, I was born in Trinidad and Tobago, mm-hmm. um, and then I moved to Canada at the age of 10. Mm-hmm. So, I represent the Caribbean, I represent, of course, Africa, yeah. I represent Canada, yeah. um, and anyone who uh, reflects, who looks like me, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I think you speak to something, which is why I feel like you're one of the perfect guests for our show, because you represent multiple worlds. And that's what we're all about here in My Blackest Transnational. You just mentioned Trinidad and Tobago. You just mentioned, you know, Canada. You just mentioned, you know, the African continent. Right. And so this is, you know, essentially ideal for what we want to hear in terms of your story. And you being, you know, an immigrant coming in at the age of 10. Right. I you know, arrived in the United States at the age of eight, right? And so being what we call a 1.5 generation because, we, you know, we kind of came in young and kind of grew up here, you know, but we weren't in, we were in our formative years. Uh, so what, before we talk about like the actual book and how you went about the book, what was your experience like growing up at a young age in Trinidad and then that migration experience and that adjustment period? What was that like for you um, as a young as a young girl back then?
1: well i grew up with my so I, I never met my father until i came to canada okay. so i from the age of zero to five mm-hmm. i grew up with my mom um so we lived in sandy grandy with my mom and then my mom had to migrate to the america uh so from five years old to 10 going on 11 i lived with my aunt mm-hmm. and the household was filled with, i want to see about 10 or 12 of us right um so it was a very active very um, loving uh very communal household yeah uh in trinidad there's certain parts where you the kampung is your entire family yeah. so it was my aunt's house my uncle's house right next door like footsteps away mm-hmm. my cousin's house footsteps away um the whole community really was related to me in mm. some ways, it's mm-hmm. either my cousin's cousin or my direct cousin mm. or like godmother's so it was just a very like inviting community um i grew up with a sense of a strong community identity
0: yeah
1: um although i didn't have my parents and them physically in my life they were in my life i, I got to know them um my grandparents i would always visit them in sandy grandy um so yeah so in terms of like a culture yeah uh, i feel like i was very Um, dipped in culture so I had a rich strong cultural understanding of Mm. Trinidad and Tobago Um, my aunt took us to church every Sunday so I still have some form of spirituality in me Um, my one of my aunts she sold um, on the streets of Dago Martin so we were very well known within the community Um, and the community really like supported us and brought us up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am a twin. So it was like, oh, Masiya, Masiya's twins. Uh, So they really looked after us because within that community, there weren't any twins that I know of anyways. Um, So there was a lot of protection that happened for me. But at the same time, I really got to experience the culture. But then moving to Canada now, I didn't. I wasn't even informed that I was moving to Canada. It, the school had this big um, party, a celebration for us, and I was just like, oh, "Okay, I'm just going on vacation. It's okay, no problem." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my friends were crying, and I'm just like, "Why are you guys crying? I'm going to be back, <laughs> my little cousin." But I feel like looking back, I feel like everyone knew what was happening. But my aunts did not inform us. They Mm. just told us that we were going to Canada to see our parents. So my dad and my mom, my mom ended up moving to um, Canada to be with my father. Um, So it was just like, they were informed, but we weren't. Mm -hmm. And then I came here and I was just like, oh, I'm enrolled in school now. (laughs) I guess I'm here permanently. (laughs) bit of a culture shock exactly. we came in May the 19th um it was not snowing but it was very cold uh so we had all these winter jackets summertime I was still wearing sweaters mm. kids were like why are you wearing a sweater it's so hot I'm just like nope, this is this is not this hot, is not this hot. This He has no snowing.
0: idea what hot is
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like this is not hot this is cold um so yeah, so it was it was definitely a bit of a culture shock. Mm. Um and unfortunately I did not get to go back to Trinidad until I want to say like 8 years later. Mm. Um, you know, like the immigrant stories, your parents is trying to build a foundation. Yeah. So the flight back was not, um, didn't happen as soon as I wanted to. Yeah. However, when I got that taste of back home again, sure. I was like, I have to go back as often as possible. Yeah. Um, I started working. So my flights to Trinidad was more frequent. Um, so yeah, so then that also helped me to reconnect with my culture Um, my family members some of them started moving to Canada or America so I would see them frequently Mm -hmm. and which is actually why I wrote home is the Caribbean and it's dedicated to them Um, so they reconnected me back to Soka Mm. and um, Carnival and just little aspect of Trinidad like the food um, everything really
0: So, you know, and I know you're not not to say that you weren't real, but one of the things that I know is a key word that really came to my mind that you mentioned that a lot of immigrants or people from the diaspora in Africa, even in in, in the Caribbean, the word compound. Right when, you, when yeah. most people, when you say compound, they're, they're thinking about something else. But for Africans and 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 Caribbean people, when you say compound, everybody knows what that means, right? It's you know, it's a it's a with a gate and everything, and everybody lives there. It's it's pretty yeah. cool. Um yeah. and, and so, what what language is? What is the the primary language that you all spoke um, in your native homeland?
1: Well, in Trinidad, it's an English-speaking country. Okay um so we have our own version of english right. um, and then the secondary language is spanish okay, okay. Uh, so my um one of my grandparents he's spanish uh so i learned a little bit when i was younger i forgot it all mm-hmm. now because he ended up moving when i was five
0: okay.
1: um but yeah we primarily speak english
0: okay Okay. So, and is, is, is there any form like a like a like a broken English? Like I know, like for people like in like in West Africa, we have like broken English, a pidgin, um, and in you know like Jamaica, they have patois. Like, is there any type of version? Yeah.
1: So we have we have our own um, dialect, okay, uh, local dialect of of English. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so I I I don't know if I would list it as broken English, right. but I guess like still colonial or european or westernization of saying it would be like broken english but mm. it's our own form of english it's not something that's taught in school right um but it's just like within the community this is this is how we speak and this is how we understand each other yeah of course we know british english of as course. well yeah but there's different forms of English. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. So that that's pretty cool. And um and I and I appreciate you sharing your whole migration experience because I it, it definitely touches on what we do here. And you mentioning the idea of reconnecting back, right? And that's what my Blackest Transnational is about is really focusing on people who have migrated but really still recreated or still maintained a strong connection back to their native homeland. And how are they utilizing it to be able to, you know, Either advance themselves, advance their community, tell their stories, and in this case, it seems like your strong connection back with Trinidad and and, and the Caribbean has kind of inspired you to go ahead and and build and and create the uh, traveling feet book series. So I want to know now, how did you um, how did you go about beginning this?
1: Um, I would say it's a strong connection and a lack of connection at mm. the same time. Okay, okay. Um, because, well, the book was created for my nephew, first of all. Uh, he, at the time when I wrote it, he was five. Mm-hmm um and he was talking about traveling and we're still in the pandemic mm-hmm. uh if you if you watch this 10 years from now we're 2022 <laughs> 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 so in the beginning of the pandemic the COVID-19 pandemic um and uh he wanted to travel people were sending me some books about like the culture And i was just like i really like these books um i love these abc series i mean i read i'm an avid reader when it comes to him we've we've read a lot of books Mm -hmm. and i just wanted him to tap into his culture a little bit more um of course he's five so he's a little bit more advanced for abc um but and abc's like It's one of those types of writing that everybody enjoys, everyone understands the ABC. It's something that parents pick up to help early learners. Um, It's an actual phrase for it, but I can't remember right now. But yeah, so I, I really wanted him to see the Caribbean because many of us, at least in Canada or America or Europe, we tend not to, um, explore all of the Caribbean you see like the dominant countries like Jamaica yeah. Cuba yeah. or Dominica yeah. those are the countries that you tend to hear about because they're like destination countries um, so they go to there first yeah. and then they would want to explore Europe um, uh, they would want to explore some countries in Africa uh, but the Caribbean as a whole it's so diverse there's yeah. so many um, differences among the culture yeah. and I myself I've I've been to like Grenada because mm-hmm. uh, I have Grenadian background yeah. um, Trinidad and Tobago but I the places that I've traveled it's been mainly to Africa or okay. countries in Africa and countries in Europe yeah. it's never been like Caribbean countries and yeah. I ask myself wow. why is that
0: yeah, yeah. right
1: And i didn't want my kids or i don't have kids yet but my future kids my nephew or caribbean kids growing up to not want to learn about their country their Mm -hmm. culture first Mm -hmm. um and i think that's important like you should know about uh your country which whether it's jamaica trinidad uh haiti you should learn about that Mm -hmm. but try exploring other parts of the Caribbean because there's such a uniqueness. Um, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of uh, differences as well. Absolutely. So- I wrote it as a traveling book, as like a traveling guide for kids. So as they flip through the pages, they can see what to do when they visit these countries. What um, Some things that's unique about it, like Grenada. We talk about Grenada being the island of spice. Mm -hmm. Um, And Haiti, Haiti is known as um, the country of of mountains because there's a a lot of mountains in Haiti. So it's known for like hiking and stuff. People will go there for that too. Uh, Trinidad is known for steel pan so I wanted them as they flip through the pages they can see what things you can do what's what's unique about this country and then I have the map and then the flag so it's like uh and then the map pages encourages them to to learn more about the the countries because it's yeah. a game. And as they roll the dice, I tell them, explore these places, whether you use the internet, whether you use books, or whether you travel to these places. Yeah. So I really wanted it to, for Caribbean people and those who are not from the Caribbean diaspora to tap into the Caribbean and learn more besides just Jamaica, yeah. Cuba, yeah. Dominica, which is, again, those places are important to learn about. But they don't only represent the Caribbean.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's beautiful because I think it's something that you, it's good to teach the children at an early stage to really appreciate your your, your community, your your countries, and the and the diaspora like in itself. Um, there's so many islands that I didn't even know about. I have a colleague, a, a good friend that I work with in my department that you know is from Montserrat right and i'm like where's that (laughs) you know initially (laughs) i was like girl where is that and she you know she had to find another map and point this little island right next to antigua right like and it's so it's so and it's has a volcano there right and so so i think you doing that especially with the map it really teaches teaches the children and even adults let's not overlook adults who may not know too uh really to appreciate the beauty and where you know if you're not from there, but where our brothers and sisters are from, and and not just go seek out other lands, but appreciate the value in your own in your own homelands. Um, and that that in itself is what I really appreciate. And I appreciate you articulating that. So now you've kind of you, you've talked about just that whole story. What what was the process like for you being able to? put this book together you said you did it during the pandemic how long did it take you was it a frustrating was it easy how how was it
1: it was very very frustrating um i think the the research took probably because i had to like sift through what i wanted in the book right Mm -hmm. so i want to say figuring out what i want took about two to three weeks okay and then the editing is what takes long. So um, I had a team. Um, the main person in that editing team is Boomika Patel. She's um, cited in the book as the editor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I had to look for an illustrator.
0: Mm, that's the hard So part.
1: researching, not knowing. I, I mean, I didn't know anything about uh, publishing a book. So I turned to my community on Facebook and I just asked someone, what do I do? Where do I get an illustrator? Um, I had met someone in the community who had pub- published a book a year before. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to her and I was like, okay, I'm looking, I'm thinking about writing a book. Mm-hmm. What, what are the things that I need? So she told me about the ISBN where I can get that free. In Canada, it's free. In America, uh, you have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Europe um, or other parts of the world, but in Canada, there is a government website where you can get an ISBN for free. Um, oh, it's, nice. it's always good to own your isbn as opposed to uh if you're printing from amazon it's better to have your own isbn than amazon so
0: so just not to not to interrupt but for those who are listening who may not know what an isbn is what what is that just to educate um
1: so the isbn is like at the back of the book it's like a barcode okay and it's like um when you register for for the government Mm -hmm. they know the name of your book they're able to track like um the amount of books that was purchased okay. when you want to put your books in the stores, uh, like bookstores and stuff. They always look for an ISBN because that connects them to the barcode.
0: Nice. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for explaining. Right?
1: No problem. So, um, I had to do all that research, finding an illustrator, um, finding someone who knows how to do formatting of mm. the books. Um, So I had to look for a printing company. So that took a long time. And I want to say in total, probably like eight months of doing it Um, for traditional publishing, it takes a longer time. Uh, I don't know what it's like to do traditional publish because I self-publish, but for a self-published person, you can can print out a book probably in like six to eight months. Illustrators, they generally say three months of illustrating. And then for the printing company, it's a month of printing. If you ship by sea, then with the pandemic, it takes about another two months for it to come to you. Um, or you can just fly by air. It's mm-hmm. more expensive, but you get it in. For me, I got it in a week. Okay. Um, so yeah, so all of those things, I would say roughly between six to eight months of production, um, the editing took editing and illustrating took I'm the sure. most time
0: yeah, yeah and i'm sure like finding an illustrator seems to from my what i've heard and just from people who tell me seems to be the one that takes a little longer like finding because yeah. you want to find someone that can truly bring your, the story to light and, and you got to right. go through the different drafts and and trying to make sure that you get the right image that that fits how the author is also seeing it so that yeah. that in itself is a process right
1: and it's also a personality thing. You want to ensure that you and that illustrator, you guys' personality, um, it meshes well. Yeah. Uh, so all of that, you have to you have to interview the illustrator just to make sure that their work ethics matches your work ethics. Yeah. Um, and then you guys can collaborate uh, well. Same thing as your editor, right? You want an editor who you can work really well with.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: For me, I was just fortunate enough to have Pumika Patel because I was able to work really well. She saw my vision, she knew what I wanted, how I how I wanted the words to um, be presented on the pages. So uh, my the original writing was not erased. Uh, There was a few changes, but the essence of the book remained.
0: Yeah. That's that's awesome. And, you know, as I was thinking about, I wonder, how did your nephew respond once he realized that this book was dedicated to him?
1: He loved it. I I didn't post it yet, but I have some uh, videos where he's like, oh, my God, my book is here. (laughs) <laughs> so his name is Idris, some people would say Idris, right. but um, his parents call him Idris. Idris, okay. Um, but yeah, he was just like, oh my God, my book is here. And then when he saw Caden, he's like, oh, Caden is so cute. Wow. <laughs> so he was involved a lot in um, in the process of the book because I I had him read it. Mm-hmm. He is a great reader for okay. a five-year-old. Well, he's six now. He's a really, really great reader. So I made him read the book before without the without the illustration and stuff. So I made him read the books before um, it went into illustration, Mm -hmm. just to make sure that he knew um, how how to read the books. If it was difficult for him, then I was just like, "Mm." This is not a word that we can put in here yeah. but all the words he knew it was simple words the only thing is the countries of course so i had to help him with that and same thing for adults some of the countries you're not aware of like curacao or um some people didn't know the capital of saint lucia um so castries so they didn't know how to pronounce it but that's more of uh i, I can't really um I had to like break it down to them in terms of the new version of this book mm-hmm. it has like pronunciation
0: mm-hmm. to
1: it but for a five-year-old he's not going to know how to pronounce some of the words
0: yeah
1: so he really liked and he got paid for it like he he made more money than I did what Well, that's <laughs> awesome
0: that's real good like
1: so before we were even profiting from the books he was getting paid so so just like okay, thanks for thanks for your feedback. So he read it and gave me feedback. He's like he really likes this or he didn't like it. So he got he got paid.
0: I just already making royalties already. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think that's awesome. That's an amazing that's an amazing gift that you can give a young child. That I think I mean to even see his his excitement about it now. But I don't even think he even truly understands how much of a gift that is until he gets older to be able to have. Something that he inspired um, that will affect and influence and educate so many children that look like us that are from where we're from, maybe not exactly from where we're from, but all across the diaspora and even in the states and in Canada, that really educate them about their culture and give them something to be proud of. Which leads me to one of the questions I was going to ask in regards to just touching on your upbringing, but also kind of speaking to your nephew and all the young young people in your life, like. What? How did you figure out, okay, you know what, this is something that I need to be prideful of? Because a lot of us, when we were growing up, even myself... Um, when we were growing up as young people in America, Canada, like being African or being from the Caribbean wasn't something that was always cool. At least I can speak that it was something that we tried to like we we just kind of wanted to blend into the American way. And and we, we didn't necessarily we weren't necessarily accepted 100 percent. There was this kind of rift between African immigrants and African-Americans. And I don't know how it was for the Caribbeans, but sometimes I've been told by my Caribbean mates and their family that they tried to distance themselves with African-Americans as well was that similar in canada or for your relatives in america and is that something that your nephew was dealing with as far as his you know identity or did he already kind of take pride in it from the from the get-go
1: yeah i think there's a strong pride in our identity in can well not all of canada Mm -hmm. but i live in toronto okay oh yeah is very multicultural yeah um I did when I came here, there was a bit of racism that I faced because um, my parents, they had a home for us. So they had a house and we lived in a predominantly um, Portuguese neighborhood. Mm. So there was a bit of racism. But in the school system, um, my school was always diverse, whether it was a lot of Asians or a lot of Africans. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of diversity within the school board. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't think I wouldn't say that we had to hide or water down our identity mm. in the school system. Um, where I lived, there's it's very black. Mm. As I moved, we moved a lot. So as I moved, we came into areas that it's extremely black you walk down the street and everyone everyone is black basically um i had a neighbor who i didn't really know his name but he would knock on my door and be like hey do you have any eggs and i'm just like oh (laughs) this is very much like back home (laughs) i was not used to this on perth where it was everyone was portuguese um but yeah so in my area and currently where i lived um uh, it's people are either Guyanese. My neighbor's Guyanese. Yeah. Uh, two doors down is Grenadian. Across the street uh, is Haitian. Yeah. Uh, there is some white. So my <laughs> nephew never had to hide who he is. Yeah. Um, he does not refer to himself as Caribbean. He would tell you that he's Trin- um he would tell you that he's Canadian. Okay. <laughs> you know <laughs> he knows that he was born in Canada. So. Yeah. He represents Canada very strong. Okay. Um, I took him to Caribbean Eats in summertime and I was just like, oh, your mom is from Jamaica. Your dad is Trinidadian. Why don't we get both flags? He's like, no, I need a Canadian flag. Wow. <laughs> So he uh, he has a strong sense of self. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recognized his culture. Like he loves soca music. We go we go bike riding a lot, mm-hmm. and he wants to listen to soca music or um, hip hop yeah. or reggae. So he, he eats Caribbean food, but he has a strong sense of identity and who he is for a six-year-old. You can't really sway this little boy to do something that he doesn't want to do
0: yeah. um, or, or to be someone who he doesn't want to be. That's awesome. And I think, you know, that the that environment that you, you grew up in and he seems to be growing up in is something that is... Um, it's I think I wouldn't say rare but it's something that a lot of us uh, wish we kind of still had growing up and uh, valued more when yeah. we did have it because in the states in America it's it's it was a completely different thing where even though we were we there, there were some people that were from various places but it was very um, very independent, right? And I think, as you mentioned, that that it takes a village, and that's what you've been describing since you got on here. that Your upbringing in a compound, and even where you, where you're at in your community, different people from different parts of the islands in Africa. There's a relatability, though. We we're all able to understand, you know, even if we speak different languages, we all kind of are products of, you know, colonialism and products of, you know, different types of of uh, occupations. But with that, we're able to relate, right? So I I mean, there's no way we all know, I have to tell you, we all eat plantains y'all call it plantains Good. you know but we all there's something we can all relate to rice like yeah the, and, so the food yeah. brings us together sometimes the language brings us together our skin color and brings even us like together
1: Soka, and music right? i like, was just gonna say and music. the music originates yeah. from africa yeah so a lot of caribbean culture is infused with african culture yeah so there's a lot of relatability. i know i have like G- ghanaian gunny and friends who they play more mass than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that, because they they can relate to the beat, yeah. the tempo is the same. If you look at, if you listen to Afro, Afro beats and soca, it's very much very the much same, same. right? Same. Um, I've been to, Tan- Tanzania was the first place that I've been to in um, Africa and the food and like the, the, the flowers or the fruits, I was just like, we have this in Trinidad. Yeah. This is how, this is the spices that we use. Yeah. There's a lot of relatability between um, the Caribbean and Africa.
0: Yeah, we're we're more, I mean, we're more family than we we allow ourselves to (laughs) to believe. We we really are. Yes. Yes, so yeah. I'm glad that this book is doing it, and your next book, right? Home is the Caribbean, and 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 the one behind you. Um, so so the first book did I, in my mind, I believe it did very well because it was it was very popular. And like I said, I came across it on the internet, uh, people sharing it, and and I wanted it for my kids. And then I saw that you came out with some new books. I haven't got it yet, but best believe I plan to buy it to support <laughs> and uh, support you and Idris's uh, bank account. You know, so. <laughs> um, but but I want you to just. Kind kind tell us really quickly about these next these two other books that you created and what what it's about
1: okay so the first one oh. is abc where are we the west indies yeah and this is a book of adventure i want to let people know that in terms of culture um i try to stay away too much of culture like for instance guyana is not in this book Belize and Suriname is not in this book and they are seen as um culture uh, caribbean um countries as well okay. uh however ge- geographically they're not in the caribbean okay. so i try to just um focus on the borders okay. of the caribbean sea okay. so the same thing with africa as well so this is a book of adventure, and it's just about the kids going to different countries and having fun, whether it's flying a kite, whether it's um, going bike riding, whether they're going to Dawn's River Falls. Yeah. So it's all like adventurous things that you can do in this book.
0: Wonderful.
1: And when we get to um, this one here, ABC, where are we? um Africa it's a book of knowledge okay and this one I wrote it with a lot of poetry um so you would see there's a lot of love language written in it
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: so for instance it's a book of knowledge so you you learn about Angola and their tribes Ghana it's it touches slightly on um uh slavery but not really it okay. indirectly speaks to it so it tells you like go back to ghana and learn about than slavery because this country has um kente's has goals mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and things that it's look rich in mm-hmm. then um like uganda we talk about how the river nile starts in uganda yeah. so just like knowledgeable stuff about african country yeah Now, this one here, it's really an immigrant story. Um, It's about a little boy who's taking his cousin back to the Caribbean for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's telling her what home is like. So she basically she starts off the story with saying, "Oh, is home just about beaches? Is it just about tropical trees?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, it's not. It's not only about that. It is about that, but it's more than that." Mm-hmm. So then he tells her what home is like for him when he goes back home. Oh yeah. So it's it's like the perfect immigrant story. There's some yeah. um, um, happy moments. There's some um, a little bit of sad moments because. It, home is not always happy Mm -hmm. happiness right Mm -hmm. there's a roller coaster of emotions and that's that's being human you're going to experience the high and the lows so he talks about the highs and the lows and just um and just what it is yeah. to him in an, in an authentic way.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. I want that book. I want that. I'm going <laughs> to just put that on the side for me. Um, yeah. I'm going to get that. That is beautiful because that, again, that speaks to everything that we're about. And I want my kids to, to know that. Even if it's not specifically Nigeria or Ghana, but like I want my kids to be able to have someone kind of put to them that perspective of what it is to go home, right? Wherever home is to you, wherever home is for where your parents are from, or wherever you represent, what is what does it mean and it's not always perfect right it's not yeah. always beautiful and it's it's but it's also not especially speaking from where I'm from it's not just huts and 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 jungles but it's also not yeah. exactly you know a, a super metropolitan in like New York City but there are other it's a balance they're they're yeah. like any part of the world they have their highs and their lows and exactly. you have to learn how to appreciate it that's beautiful yeah
1: like we we have everything uh I mean like in let's say where where exactly are you from so i'm from
0: i'm from nigeria i'm from i was born in lagos nigeria
1: okay so exactly so with nigeria like it's not only i don't know the negative things that they show on on the internet right exactly it's it's that but it's more too. More to so it. we can talk about a little bit of that, but we can also talk about the richness that it has, yeah. right? Like yeah. the people, the food, the cultures, the places to explore. Yeah. So don't only shed light on the the small percentage of negativity that every country has. Yeah. Right. Um, so don't don't only shed light on that. Talk about everything. You could talk about that, but have it with a balance. Yeah. And that's what this book is about. It's yeah. just showing. Everything.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I you do well. Not, not, everything. I know what you mean, though. But you, mean, you show, mean, you show a good, a good amount, a good, a good yeah. portion. And I wonder, you, I know you have a professional background in like social work and anthropology. Do you do you think that you I shouldn't say do you think I'm straight out just ask you, did you utilize your expertise in putting this book together, especially because you speak a lot about just the highs and lows and being human and understand it's OK and respecting culture. Right. And I really can see some of these semblances of your professional background in how you're, you're describing the book. So I, I'm curious, did you really tap into those skills while creating these books?
1: Yeah, I think um, there's an anthropologist, Margaret Mead. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. But I I left school a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, so she talks about like storytelling and how everybody tells a story different, Yeah. right? So you can go to a country one day and you have see it through a certain lens. Yeah. And then you write about it. But then yeah. you go back to this country and you see it through a different lens again. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I'm not saying this is exactly how the country is. I'm just saying, this is my perspective. This is my lens of it. Yeah. And it will change. It will evolve. Yeah. So when it comes to like uh, storytelling, I write my stories the way I see it in that moment. Yeah. Uh, in terms of social work, I try to include a lot of like diversity, a lot of, you um, uh inclusion so in all my books there is uh individuals with a disability Mm. right so different types of abilities i try to showcase in this um different types of of shade Mm. Uh, Mm. um, so like i just try to make it as inclusive as possible i took sign language um in college so in my africa book i believe yeah, the Africa book um, for Uganda, the kids are signing. I'm not sure if many people will pick up on that, but all parts mm. of my life uh, is included in this book. Yeah. Um, like the the pictures, some of these, for, for home, yeah. I actually have the area that I grew up in, it's oh. uh, written in this book. Oh. So there's a little bit of me, in the book um and that i feel like i can relate to it even more um and i feel like by doing that uh it's it's more authentic it's more like a piece of my personality Mm -hmm. um a piece of my soul and it's 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 coming from i think it's just it's just coming from a place of understanding and um lived experience yeah so that's how i try to write it. it All the characters in my books, it's either a customer's child's name, a family member's. So I try to connect with my community that way. I recently post on my my Instagram for people to share their kid's name because I want their kids not only to see themselves as the characters, but I want them to read about themselves. Like the little girl in this, her name is Nala and that's my little cousin's name and then there is jovi eh, in this one kaden is another person who i knew Mm -hmm. um and then i believe aisha is my sister and the other books that i'm writing i have hopefully to bring out another one okay Okay. funding but um it is strictly customers' children's name. Okay. It's not any of my family members. So I just want kids, people who who's been supporting me, yeah, um, and to continue to support me for their kids to be like, oh mom, she has the same name as me. Yeah. This this is me. I can identify to this child. When when I got this illustrated, I went to a customer's house to drop off her book. And her daughter came out with a little pink ribbon a bow in her hair and her mom was like oh. my daughter has been wearing this pink bow in her hair for the entire day because she says that child is her oh, and man. I want that oh, my God. Like, you know like how touching is that because it's not about the finance no. it's about kids to be able to say this is me <sighs> that that girl I can see myself exploring the world I can see myself learning about different cultures because I can relate to Mm -hmm. this girl I can identify to this girl Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah so I I try to make it as inclusive as possible Mm -hmm. and with the anthropology aspect it's about bringing the community together to write the story so I do a lot of like q and a's in my um instagram feed and i ask people things and then i try to incorporate it somehow whether it's um it just stays on my instagram or it gets incorporated in my books people will tell me i want you to write about this i'm just like oh that's a good idea yeah I all know that for the future um, I, <laughs> yeah
0: I mean this is this has been great and again I like I said but it's to respect your time and because I could talk with you forever about this because this has been this is this is inspiring and you you speak to it not being about the money because I mean a lot of the, the things that you're giving these children are things that money can't buy right you can't yeah. buy representation in these and then be able to see yourself and be inspired and say you know what that's me I want that's me. That's me. You are your own superhero, you know, or you are your own adventurer that you admire. It's, it's, it's something, it's a gift. And that's why I keep, you know, just smiling from ear to ear because I'm so excited about how my kids will see themselves in the, in your future books and, and be inspired by that and want to travel the world or just want to, you know, want to be their best selves. And so... I want to well, just you
1: connect to people, right? Yeah. Like you have to be able to tap into their culture yeah. and understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So that's really what it's about.
0: Absolutely. And so then I want you to just kind of wrap up with this question then is what do you, what else do you see? You know, I typically ask people, what is your, what is your legacy? But in this case, I'll just ask you, what do you want to be the overall impact of your book series um, when it's all said and done for you, what do you want to be like? What do you want it to be when you say, you know what, I'm done and and I've done what I needed to do?
1: I never thought about that. Um, I feel like I have such tunnel vision that I only think about the moment. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm just writing out of fun, out of pure joy. Mm. Um. And I just want, I think the overall is just for people to enjoy the journey with me and um, to keep seeing themselves in it. I don't know what my future will hold. um, And I'm not really thinking about that right now. (laughs) I'm just thinking about, you know, creating as many books as possible um that people will enjoy and can relate to so as i make money i bring out something else and that's that's why i push hard because i need the money in order to bring out another book right yeah Yeah.
0: um
1: so i i I don't know what my future will hold uh as as long as it's fun and people like what I'm doing and supporting me that that's really all that matters yeah
0: and you know what I I hope the people who are listening will continue to if you haven't already I hope you do support and um and and buy these books whether it's for you and your children or for you know your nephews nieces definitely come out and and go and buy these books how can they how can they buy these books how can they get in touch with you uh, and, and be able to continue to support because I need these books to keep coming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so you can go on my website, travelingfeetbooks.com. So it's traveling with two L. So T-R-A-V-E-L-L-I-N-G, feet, F-E-E-T, books, B-O-O-K-S.com. And my Instagram is the same way, same thing. So travelingfeetbooks.com. Uh, my Facebook. I have TikTok. it's all traveling feet books. If you want to send me an email to add your kids' names to the list for future books, I'm gonna do that. From. By the way, just so
0: you know. So don't be surprised if you see me send you my you know my kids' name I, wanna, <laughs> I want the names on the books. It's too.
1: fine. It's it's welcome. It's definitely welcome um so my gmail is travelingfeetbooks at gmail.com so you can send me an email um give me any feedbacks it's all welcomed um I mean the feedback from the first one was that it didn't have any pronunciation people didn't know how to pronounce pronounce some of the countries and um the new print that's coming hopefully in a month it all has the pronunciations within the book so a lot of the books are right now on pre-order because mm-hmm. luckily it got sold out, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can pre-order it and within a month or so, depending on the COVID with the, the whole shipment line, the chain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it might take a little longer and that's not something I can control, but so far it's scheduled to be here next month. Yeah
0: well you know what i just again i'm on i'm gonna i'm adding myself on the list for the other books so please just just know that i'm here to support and again um miss ayana francis just want to thank you so much for your time for just how transparent and open you are as far as the book and you know it is women's history month here in the united states um and so this i feel In in canada too then so i think you know i feel like this is just a great The timing was right for us to have you on here and give you your flowers and just and salute you for all the wonderful things that you're doing for our children Um, I'm speaking as as a parent um, really who's been looking for ways to inspire and have uh, tools to continue to inspire his kids and educate them in the same way not just about You know regular ABCs, but also about their culture and respecting other people's culture and being able to connect not just here, but to home wherever home is Um, So thank you so much for all the work you're doing, you're doing such amazing work and please know that whatever we can do um, here at My Black is Transnational to support, you need me to, whatever you need me to do says, just know that we want to see you win, we want to see you succeed and and, and maximize um, all the the talent that you are infusing into your your, your work, your storytelling and all that. I just know that we're here to support and especially you doing kind of this pretty much all by yourself self-publishing I mean that's that's major that's
1: while that's, having a nine-to-five yeah
0: see that's that's the work <laughs> of an inspiring woman that we have to salute I I take my I will take my hat off to you but my hair don't look so but you know I'm taking my hat off to you so <laughs> um thank you, thank you thank so you. much for jumping on the show um and I wish you nothing but success again we're, we're very grateful Thank you so much for having me i appreciate it no problem hope you enjoyed this episode of my Black Is transnational i'd like to thank miss ayanna francis for joining me to share her story and to share her works with me please support her um, by going to travelingfeetsbook.com If you like what you heard, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps where it's available. You can also check out our website at www.blacktransnational.com, which is a one-stop shop for everything you need to know about this podcast. And you can also listen to the episode there as well. You can follow us on Instagram at blacktransnationalpodcast. And you can follow me, the host, at blacktransnational underscore. Well, until next time, until next episode, thank you again for your time and your listenership. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay-Lamberts. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours be too. Peace.